Don't they know who I am? I'm Cyrus Redblock! Cyrus Redblock! Hi everyone, and welcome back to Trek Trudge. We're back in 2017 after a hiatus of weeks, and we are going to just uh, get right into this this year Star Trek stuff. Uh, I'm James Sheaves. I'm in charge of this deal now. Uh, like Wesley has been given command of the Enterprise, and uh, I'm joined today by my uh, first officers. They're they're, they're going to both be first officers. Uh, oh. Byron Hussey. Hey. And um, uh, Bucky Seto. Hello. I like how you stuttered over my name there. It's tricky to remember, you know, lots of syllables in it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm sorry about your demotion, Byron, but I promise that um, you can still have a great time swabbing the decks. Thanks. I feel that I'm still secretly in charge right like a um like a kind of vladimir putin type figure yeah like you're you're kind of a medyedev yeah that's and i'm still old dimitri i went yeah. to a, a greek restaurant the other day and the the very enthusiastic greek lady who was the proprietor um said that dimitri is the greek version of the name james which Oh. Isn't true. I've heard that before. It's not true. It's just like the Ellis Island equivalent that they came up with when they needed to give someone an English-sounding name. Well, yeah, it doesn't have any similarities. Dimitri yeah. and James. Like, you know, it's it's nothing like a dirt, like j and a m, like m's. No, they're opposites. They are Sounds opposites totally verbally. But you know, you 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 just go along with these things for the sake of mm. uh, being polite. Yeah. Uh, so this week we'll be discussing the um, the holodeck episode, the introduction to the holodeck, uh, where they go back and um, have a fun adventure with detectives and stuff. And you know, you back in the good old days when it was okay to be sexist and um, like casually mm -hmm. racist and stuff. Uh, did we have any preliminary thoughts on the episode? Bucky. Uh, yes. My thought is that Patrick Stewart should always wear a fedora. Hmm. Now, see, Patrick Stewart got that their English accent right. So, sort of, um, well, perhaps, uh, like, it's sort of incongruous for him to be, like, a, you know, 40s private detective guy, but then perhaps that's the point. That it's incongruous. Is it a fedora or is it a? Um, it's trilby. not a trilby, if that's what you mean. A trilby. I don't think it is. I think what's like it's a full. What's fedora. the difference? A trilby's like different hats. Narrower. Narrower. Like it's what, a, what the difference is between like a like a chair and a clock. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Okay. <laughs> Fucking I, menswear. James, can I just say, for some reason, you're you're breaking up a little bit for me. Yeah, I can barely hear you right now. I thought... Really? That, 
Yeah, sorry. That's good news. But you're Try re- closing your internet browser, because I know that you have a million tabs open, I and do, that might help. But that's where all the good stuff is that you can learn about. I mean, I'll close it. <laughs> Just leave, like, one window open. Yeah. It's all gone. It's but all it, gone. Only, it only uh, started once we started the show. Like it was, you were fine. Before. I feel like it's when he pressed record that it, it was, started. Yeah. No, I pressed record ages ago. It's like the it's the observer effect. It's right. It doesn't happen until it's a bit people better are supposed now. to be listening. All right. Well, I've oh, a little bit better. Hey, on James, say a long sentence about Star Trek. Uh, so, uh, in the first scene of the big goodbye, the name of this episode, Captain Picard is learning to pronounce a fruity alien language. It's fine. It's tolerable. You're recording from your like device, right? Yeah, so, like, and you know, it doesn't matter what you sound like. I can actually hear myself fine. So okay, <laughs> that's okay. a good sign. All right, <laughs> we can cut all this set out. Uh-huh. Yeah, but so, don't cut out the part about the fruity language because that's it's, it's, very important. Yeah, so th- we get another little brush with space linguistics, which is typically. Uh, amusing for people such as myself who have studied the linguistics in the reels, um, but obviously not a deeper, not as deeper cut as uh, Darmok, the episode where we encounter that alien race that that speaks a, a a different sort of fruity language. Here we're just kind of dealing with pronunciation. Seemed like a fine language to me. Um, yeah, uh, lots of, like, B's change to Z's and, like, just stuff that makes no sense whatsoever, and they've got their own, like, fun orthography, which, you know, I don't know, like, this is 200 years in the future or whatever, right now we have a pretty good, uh, international phonetic alphabet that would seem to serve you pretty well in situations like these, but they seem to be using their own special thing. Involving like wavy lines and stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, that's well, fine. Yeah, I think that once you get into alien languages and stuff, you might need to expand it and develop some more kind of things. It's true, because of course, if we're talking real aliens, they're going to have differently shaped mouths. Yeah. Like, you ever and seen that guy from Halo? Possibly different vocal cord structures. Yeah. You know, the and guy I possibly, from Halo I mean, with, definitely. Like, the, the, the four bits of his mouth that just flap open but yet he sounds like james l jones you know what i suspect with these aliens as well they're insect based so they probably speak by like vibrating their bug wings or they're rubbing their legs together or something they probably don't even have yeah but captain picard just has to make do with his tongue yeah but anyway he's he's kind of sick of it because it's 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 pretty fucking boring Moist. doing this sort of stuff. Like, you know, there's only so much time you can spend with your tongue making sounds before yeah. it just... You just get sick of it. So, um, Counselor Troy suggests that he do something fun instead, um, which turns out to be a horrible, dreadful, awful mistake. Mm-hmm. Um and she recommends that he use the fun new holodeck that you can use to, you know, set up little fun fictional scenarios and have a great time in them. Yep. So she says, um, 
So they just finished upgrading the holodeck, right? Yeah. And do we know what they changed? Because we saw the holodeck in the first episode. Did we? And they were in like Sherwood Forest or something. In in the encounter at Farpoint. Yeah. That's where we met. Oh, yeah, um, that's where Data, Data gets his thing with the Pinocchio. Yeah. But maybe it wasn't as good then. Like, maybe it couldn't make people yet. Yeah, that must have been it. Maybe the captain's um, just kind of a Luddite and he was kind of slow on the uptake. I kind of seemed to me like that it was the first, like, use of the holodeck. Because I haven't watched a lot of uh, Next Gen. Yeah. And they were, like, explaining it all to me as if I didn't know what it was. And so yeah. I, just, I, I just wanted to get... So this isn't the first time they've used the holodeck. It's just they've had upgrades now. It's yeah, apparently not. I thought it was the first on-screen appearance of the thing. I I also like have this vague recollection that in the original series they had a holodeck though. I don't think so. No. It wasn't like something that the crew used for recreation, like to play some fruity space table tennis or something. <laughs> They just literally know. had didn't, space table tennis. Didn't they have the uh, the chess too? Yeah, like like the multi level chess yeah. game. Or fun on, on Voyager, they have that game where you like put sticks in a big circular pile and and then you win and you go Tombo. Yeah, Tombo. That was oh. a, that was a fun one. Oh, fun! Yeah. Have you um, checked um, Memory Alpha? I'll check. I can't see if they have any because you all told me to close my browser. Good. Oh, I'll I'll go to Memory Alpha and see if they have any information about the holodeck upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um, but the captain is certainly uh, seeing this with fresh eyes because he's he's very enthusiastic about it all. And also, apparently, he's a big nerd for detective stories. So he he chooses the Dixon Hill novel, uh, "The Big Goodbye." Um, um, forgive my naivety, but is this Dixon Hill novel a real thing or something they made it up? It is made up, and I was actually thinking about that. I this would probably one of the few uh, like stories where we. Um, encounter something that's supposed to be from the 20th century but it's made up so it kind of because mm-hmm. like m- for most of Star Trek you can pretend that oh that's just like our future like our, like the world exists now as it is and then in the future it's Star Trek but if you got stuff like Dixon Hill meant to be happening now or in the past then that's mm-hmm. that's different from what we actually have so Star Trek's not real actually well, it's like Dixon Hill is obviously yeah. based on like classic film noir sort of stuff. So maybe it was a copyright issue and they had to invent maybe, but it. But then I'm pretty sure the Maltese Falcon was in the public domain and that's why they were able to remake it in like the 70s. Oh, okay. That's weird. <laughs> it was in the public domain? I think so. Maltese Falcon? Yeah. But the movie was made in uh, 1941. Yeah, I think there were some like rights issues or something, and that's why they were able to remake it. And they say the remake is better. Mm-hmm. Once I've again, can't look it up though. Never seen it. Oh, me neither. We should probably the do a character... podcast about it. 
The character Dixon Hill was originally named Dixon Steel. Oh, that's probably a little <laughs> much. Yeah, it sounds like a little little porny. A, a little, like it kind of sounds like a kind of pussy galore. Dicks of steel. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a dick of steel. No, he's got his dick in steel. Ooh, like molten steel? Uh, yeah. Ow. That just doesn't sound like a power. Time, particularly if you've got the holodeck safeties turned off. <laughs> yeah, they, they seem to be pretty uh, lax with the holodeck safeties mm. in this episode. Yep. So uh, the captain enters the holodeck with his with his pals. He brings along uh, Data and uh, the 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 Enterprise's resident fiction expert, which apparently is a post that they have. He's a man called Mister Whalen, <laughs> who is described in the um, script as being uh, pale and ginger. But he's not. He's just kind of played by like an ordinary white man. They couldn't find a ginger, a real ginger. No, too they're, rare. They're too rare. Exotic. Although uh, for this first bit, he's he's just on his own. So um, he he gets introduced to some of the characters. He meets a femme fatale who says someone's trying to kill me. Um, and then he, uh, oh, and he notices that uh, the the characters notice that he's dressed like a weirdo because to be frank those those spandex uniforms were um pretty fruity mm-hmm. a lot of things are fruity this is this is this is how space works <laughs> it's a fruity Fruit place runs on fruitiness mm. fruity and he's yeah, he's um yeah they they look like bellhop uniforms yeah observe. that's what the secretary said mm-hmm Who's in this one scene and then doesn't come back for some reason? Too bad she was good. Yeah, she she gave a kind of solid comedic turn, which not everyone in this episode does, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. I noticed that her hair was very eighties. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because like in the eighties and nineties, there was kind of a forties revival, but you can tell when it's forties revival in the eighties and nineties because they got eighties and nineties hair. Yeah. Like yeah, uh, late, late eighties, early nineties, yeah, kind of. Like, like, um, did you ever see the uh, Hudsucker Proxy? No. N- yes. Cohen Brothers film. I believe it flopped. Uh, it's pretty good. Had Tim Robbins. So you have seen it? You're not. You're not bullshitting. No, he he invented like the the ring. The hula hoop. for kids. Yeah, the hoop. Yeah, for kids, and it was like uh, the producers kind of like we put this idiot in charge of the company, but it ends up being very successful. Sounds like a hilarious <laughs> premise, I think. Paul Newman is in it. Yeah, he's like the the because cranky old guy that owns the company. That sounds his, pretty good. One of his final roles, I think. Really, before well, the um, the lung cancer. Yeah. He's really old. The big mayonnaise disaster of 95. Yeah, we've got a big mayonnaise disaster in this episode as well, which, again, we'll get to. By the way, Paul Newman is on record as having said if he had known that his um, food 
company was going to become like a multi-billion dollar global yeah. um, phenomenon. He probably wouldn't have been given all the, uh, the profits to charity. To charity. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, to be it was fair. Just like, it was some dumb thing his daughter was doing. Was like, all right, just give all the money away. <laughs> 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 and now it's like his, his face is all over salad dressing all over the yeah. world. It's like his lasting legacy. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, when was the last time you watched Cool Hand Luke? And then on the other hand, when was the last time you had some ranch dressing? Yesterday. Pretty much. Sorry. Pretty much every day. Exactly. Um, so Picard's very, 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 very excited. And he's like a kid who's just, you know, um, eating a lot of sugar, um, sharing his experience um, at, at a crew meeting with, with all the bridge officers when he really should be talking about real work um and in this scene uh a lot of the character's ignorance of like normal 20th century stuff is exploited to comedic effect like Worf goes uh automobiles because <laughs> he doesn't know what that is and data says that they were used for teenage mating rituals and then wesley smirks and goes teenage meeting rituals yeah he puts his hands behind his head like <laughs> there are some games Shit i don't know how grin. to play yet and uh, picard can't remember what a city block is because apparently there are no cities in the 23rd century yeah, well they live on a spaceship I guess, but you'd think he might have been to Earth occasionally and seen, like, the cities that they have there. Because I think well, ooh, they would still be there. To, to be fair, if they don't have automobiles, then they won't have streets, and therefore the block would be kind of um, maybe a dated measure distance. Uh-huh. Because it's basically blocks are the, the grid Maybe they spend so much time glued to their smartphones that they don't see the world around them. They they never um, even look up. Yeah. That's so true. Thanks, Just... thanks, Grandma. <laughs> thanks for forwarding me that meme <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, and in and in this scene, we get the uh, the mayonnaise the mayonnaise incident um, because. This uh, insect alien race that they're meant to be devoting all their energy towards at the moment um, had previously encountered the Federation and something really bad must have happened because uh, Data keeps going, oh, we all remember the, the tape of what happened at the last encounter between the Federation and the Haradan. And everyone keeps going, D Data, we, we don't need to hear about that. We don't, the, captain, the captain knows how serious it is. Because it it like it sounds to me like the insects might have like disemboweled the captain of the last ship or something. Like it sounds really Jeez. bad. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like the uh, the noodle incident. In it's Calvin yeah, it's, well, it's that trope. <laughs> or it's hamster the, Huey and the gooey kablooey. It's the insectoid alien. What incident. do you guys think happened? Well, I don't know. Like. It sounds as though, like, it was really bad and someone died. I mean, like, it wouldn't be that bad if just, like, oh, maybe they fired off some shots at the ship. I think it was probably more, to, like, more embarrassing than just someone dying. Oh. Like, they... 
I like, can't think of any like examples. Like the captain but... came onto the bridge and he was dressed like in a, a 1940s private detective and he was like, yeah. I'm sorry, I was just stuck on the holodeck. That would be, Do you what think... could be more embarrassing that than that? Do, do you think that maybe the previous time the captain had been wearing his Starfleet uniform, which is, as you know, a busboy uniform, and oh. this time they, he didn't offend them because he was wearing a 1940s detective outfit? Right, he was dressed properly. He was dressed like a real man, not like a belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what that's it was. That's what did it. That was it. Do you They're think the response sensitive to involved, um, like, egg-laying somehow, like lots of alien eggs being laid into like chests of people and gosh i hope not bursting out it just doesn't sound like fun actually like it's it's a fun movie if that happens i think um it just never happened because they they didn't write it and it was fiction to begin with that's so. true there's a few things that they forgot to write in this episode <laughs> uh, so after the um, mayonnaise incident um, they go back into the thing and this time they bring Mr. Whalen with them who isn't really given much characterization even to the extent of his being like a fiction expert but mm -hmm. the the guy that plays him uh, is called David Selberg and he's been on Star Trek uh, three other times and uh, the the next time was in another Next Gen episode where he played a character called Dr. Cyrus, which is sort of ironic because he gets, uh, well, he has a run-in with a, a character called Cyrus in this episode. So that's, that's, ah. that's ironic. Oh. Is ir irony is what that 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 is. By the um, way, I'm reading, um, reading Memory Alpha mm -hmm. Whalen article. It's, and it's, it says just that he's a historian and expert on the 20th century. Yeah. He's read some books. Yeah. Useful. And, like, he doesn't seem to have appeared in any subsequent, like, tie-in literature or anything. Like, he's just in this one. It's too bad. Um, yeah, then he was in the Voyager pilot, and he played a Vulcan on Enterprise, but I don't remember him in either of those things. So... But 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 he, he he leaves an impression here. He's he's a strong presence on the screen. Mm -hmm. Electric. Mm, just mesmerizing. So they go onto this street block. I'm using like scare quotes here because that's a, like a very foreign concept, a street block. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that I noticed here is there's actually an NRA poster on one of the doors was the nra like a big thing in the 40s i feel like it was a big nra thing in the 80s yeah the national rifle association oh i, I didn't don't notice know. that so uh when um uh when did charlton heston get involved was that like right from the start or did I he think get that involved? was later yeah i thought so i'll look it up yeah, that's good. And they they go to the newspaper guy, who's very New York. It was founded um, in 1871. Right. Uh, during the Revolutionary War. 
Sure. Yes. Yep. When you needed your brown best rifle to fight off King George. I'll I'll check the um Oh it looks like uh Whoa. What's that's going on? Interesting noises. Oh sorry, that's me. I'm readjusting. <laughs> but like you're like moving some furniture. I am. Traveling in okay, the okay. Like, the furniture of your body. Yes. NRA formed its Legislative Affairs Division in 1934. When was this set? The uh, big goodbye? The story? I don't know, but World 40. War II is still happening. So it's like, like late World War Two. Yeah, like 43, 42, whatever. Yeah, it looks like uh, the NRA had a uh, pretty much a political presence beginning around 1934. Well, there you go. Oh. That explains why Checks they are present in the episode. Do you think that maybe there was a pro-NRA lean to the um, writers of this episode? Or the production doesn't Yes. Know? Yes. Yes. I, I really don't want to think so. <laughs> Sci-fi nerds are always uh, militant gun nuts. <laughs> well, you can note that guns are the bad guys in this one. None of the good guys use guns, I don't think. Yeah, and Data sort of gingerly closes the uh, muzzle of a gun. Yeah, that'll, <laughs> strong, that'll take like how Hagrid, like how Hagrid does, just bends it. That's a that's a good trope. I like that one. It's a good use of like yeah. the rubber gun props that they have. Mm-hmm. When when does Hagrid bend a rubber gun? In um, Philosopher's Stone, when he tracks the Dursleys down, and he meets Harry. Iconic scene. Kicks the and door he... down and he says, sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. But that's Harry. not a guy. Right. That's a door. You're a wizard, <laughs> Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm a what? Um, and... Everybody knows what a wizard is, stupid. <laughs> yeah, they they point uh, wands and do magic. Yeah, like a magician. Yeah, rabbits out of hats and stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, guns. Um, but not guns in this point in the episode. Uh, they talk to a newspaper guy and Picard reads the newspaper and he doesn't know what baseball is. Uh, so he's not like um, Captain Sisko from Deep Space yeah. Nine who definitely knows say. what baseball is. You should have should have talked to Cisco before this. And Baseball. perhaps at like this Baseball. is quite explanatory because of course Captain Cisco's not really a fan of Captain Picard, is he? Kinda yeah, hates no. him. He's murdering so his wife. Kill his wife. Yeah. It's kind Hard of to dark. Forgive about, even if it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. You know. Is there a link? Baseball. Mr. Oda. It's an Earth. Has he, uh, has Cisco explained baseball to every individual cast member on DS9 separately? Yeah, probably. Baseball. Major That's Q. what he's there for. Baseball. It's an Earth. All the principals were on the, um, were on the team, weren't they? Like, no one got to, like, run the space station or anything. Like, you know, they all just went and played baseball against the Vulcans. Mm-hmm. 
But that was like a later episode. And it couldn't have happened if Cisco hadn't had all these one on one conversations with yeah. each of them about baseball throughout the series. Yeah, and they all just like roll their eyes. Oh Christ, here he goes again. <laughs> but yeah, like how I thought do this was uh, a episode. funny scene. So like these guys have like a virtual reality machine that can generate any any yeah. reality they want. They immediately go in and start reading a newspaper for like yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> and furthermore, um the article in the newspaper I paused on on the Blu ray and uh took a little look. Uh that's a lie. I was on Netflix, not Blu ray. I'm sorry mm-hmm. for lying. Um Jeez. and it's 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 nonsense. It's not a real article that they wrote. What does it say? Well, they've got, um, like, some, like, flavor text that seems to be about World War Two. It's like, oh, the countries will come together and we will come to an agreement and we will move forward on the agreement. And it's, like, one paragraph and they just repeat it. That's really disturbing. <laughs> Have you ever seen that uh, there's, like, a stock newspaper they use? in um lots of different shows and you can see uh like there's one where like al bundy is reading it married with children but then you can see the same exact uh newspaper being read by i don't remember anybody else but uh i'll find it this is perhaps a sign of a shared fictional universe and that great care was taken from the producers (laughs) of these shows I'm Googling take newspaper TV show. But yeah, I mean, uh, James, come on. It's like the biggest nitpick I've ever <laughs> Well, yeah, sure. Um, I actually own a um, Gotham Times newspaper from Batman that uh, I got with a pizza when they released The, the Dark Knight back in 2008. And, uh, cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's really cool. cool. It's That's really real good. cool, James. It's got interesting <laughs> articles in it in the fictional Batman universe. And I I think that might have been created for the film, although I can't recall a specific sequence where they had uni- um, newspapers. So you went to Pizza Hut and they gave you a newspaper that was used in the film? Well, they, they delivered that one, I believe. And I think the newspaper guy talk to my mother about um heath ledger dying mm-hmm. and uh and he said well i just heard that you know like the, being the joker joker was like too dark and it, it like got to him man and mum wasn't having any of that. <laughs> i don't think that's how it went down no it was i think like, it was uh, he took a bunch of one of the olsen accident. twins pills yeah these things happen very sad. I sent I sent you guys a link to the um, recurring prop newspaper. Let's That'll be good for me. the listeners that you guys list- have the link. <laughs> Maybe we can post Microsoft a link. Edge. In Maybe just note. make the thumbnail of the show a picture of the link, <laughs> so that listeners can type the link into their browser and press oh, enter. And I could read the the url now oh that's a good idea www dot slash film stop it i'm doing dot com slash lol 
hyphen the hyphen recurring hyphen prop hyphen newspaper. It's pretty to the point. Thank you, slashfilm.com, for having uh, sensible URLs. Slashfilm is that a site devoted to movies where characters, like male characters, hook up? Uh, one can only assume, yeah. There's also an ad here for a shocking horoscope where I enter my zodiac sign and find out my future. And it's apparently so accurate and scary. When you realize that uh, zodiac is fake. That that would shock shock me right in the core. I found out that my bizarre friend Visit thinks that zodiacs are real yesterday. Do you want to? I believe this is the debut of of your bizarre friend on the podcast. Are you sure you want to like dox him to like the the listening public? Oh, that is true. I shouldn't talk about visit. (laughs) Yeah, you probably shouldn't. I mean, visit, frankly, it's not really a name. So, well, some cover there. Okay. More verb. It it's it can be a noun as well. Oh, it's yes, a like noun and a and a proper name, you know. Yeah. Capital V I S I T visit. Proper noun. Yeah, and he thinks that zodiacs are real. Wow. Oh, they are kind of real. They're real in so, so much far as they're there. Thing. That's true. Even. And he made but me I'm... discover that I am a bull water type monkey zodiac. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a different one to normal. I feel like the um like the water fire zodiac stuff is it's really becoming popular. Which I don't even understand. It's like in 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 addition to the sign, you also have a like a like an element. I mean, it's only natural. I mean, we have to. I'm... We all have like an affinity to one element. I know you both do. What is your? What element? is mine? Yeah. My affinity is to vanadium. That's so funny. Is it? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. I don't know. I'm looking up the periodic table of elements so I can make a funny uh, joke too. Rubidium. Jesus. My favorite element is radium, so I guess that's my actual element. Well, you, you, I, you are quite radiant. Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> James, isn't she radiant? She's she's just uh, the most radiant of the bunch. You guys are just yeah. wonderful. Thank you. What's Buckminster <laughs> By the way, Fullerene made out of? Just carbon, I would imagine. Uh, carbon, yeah. <laughs> I am uh, polonium. Oh. I like polonium. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good murder element. It's a good murder. I'm glad element. you're on you a different continent to me. Should, should we get back to the show? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's That's a show. <laughs> They're reading a newspaper. And what he's actually meant to be reading about is the murder of the woman that he was just talking to before he brought all the others into the program. Um, And he feels sorry for her because, you know, there's like a natural human reaction that you have, like when you encounter, like even simulacra of humans like Mm -hmm. it's it's like you know like the the pattern that resembles a real human is there so he feels like some emotion for like this this woman that has had violence uh visited upon her and then waylon scoffs and smirks and and says to her now picard she's just a page in a book 
yeah. don't need to feel any emotions. Sort of like uh, similar to the, the themes they grappled with in the uh, recent uh, Westworld. Still haven't seen that. Ah, spoiler then, I guess. I would have to um, buy Fox spoiled, which I am they, not they going to do. Grapple with themes. There are themes. Shit. Now involved. there's just no point in me watching the show now that I know that they grapple no, with themes. No, it's theme built. I just thought it's it was, good. you, you know, about um, uh, Hannibal Lecter pretending to be a cowboy. Mm-hmm. You've got Foxtel, Bucky. Have you seen it? No, I was going to watch it, but now that I know that there are fiends in it, I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> it's full of themes. Chock full of themes. Overlapping themes. Oh, you're saying Fe- themes. Fiends? You thought I was saying fiends. I thought you were saying fiends. <laughs> huh. It's full of fiends. Like beans. It's true. Beans? Beans. Beans? I said if it had beans, I would watch it. So you're telling me that Westworld is full of themes? Yes. That are grappled with in well, various ways. If the themes like, is not West and World, I'm on board. The- no, it's to do with um, sort of ethics surrounding artificial intelligence. Oh. Uh... they don't actually even remotely grapple with in Star Trek very much <laughs> as it relates to the holodeck sort of generating they do in this one a little bit sort of routine they do but in sort of like a very almost stupid like way celebratory yeah. way like haha we're wiping out your whole existence casually <laughs> um yeah so Mr. Whalen shows a callous disregard for you know violence against women in media which is fitting for a fiction expert from several centuries from now it's very progressive that's heartening you know. yeah it's heartening as a as a female to hear that we've made so much progress mm-hmm. and then the cop arrives and arrests uh dixon hill captain picard uh for the murder of said woman because of course you know she, he was probably the last person to see her alive yeah it seems except um, for the murderer it seems odd to me that um, they would suspect a private detective. Yeah, he doesn't really murder. seem to have a motive, does he? But I guess we're talking a pulp novel here. Yeah, it's, I guess it's probably convenient for the for the story. Although, of course, it's like bad if, writing within bad writing. If Picard did like the the um, the proper playthrough, what's it called when you like ace a game? Like the um. The no death. Cheesing it. Yeah, the Cheesing old cheese it. it. If he did the cheese <clears throat> it playthrough, then he um, probably the woman wouldn't have. Oh, like she might have died because that's still like a trope in detective stories. But like, um, he would have like been involved in some way instead of it happening off camera. Mm-hmm. So he's he's kind of like in a fail state. This is a game with like multiple fail states, like heavy rain. Or um, Detroit become human. Do you think um, there are any like sexual limitations to what can be done on the holodeck? I mean, I know there aren't, 
on the hollow suit on quark's hollow yeah <laughs> i think the idea would still be on the enterprise that you can probably get laid if you want wouldn't that like, be you know what it's the future man, is always doing open about that sort that's, of thing, they just, you know? they that's just the only thing lines. that it would ever be used for <laughs> When there are these lines around the hall all the time to get him <laughs> yeah. back. I think you get, like, your allotted time. Because this is like a socialist, we, you know. Are we supposed to think that, that people are so, like, evolved that they just, like, don't need this entertainment? They enjoy it occasionally, but they're just, like, so focused on their mission. Well, as we know from the example of Lieutenant Barkley, people do get sucked into it. Yeah, it's true. And for some reason, they like to pretend that real people are in there with them and are their friends. Yeah, he was kind of a pathetic. A bit of a weird case, though. Stand in. And even his vision was fairly limited. Well, yeah, but like he was probably like on the spectrum, you know. Mm-hmm. Blinkered perspective. Meanwhile, in the real not holographic world, uh, those jerk fucking aliens, the Haradan, send an obnoxious, like, loud probe onto the Enterprise, and it kind of does that, like, Prometheus thing where it goes, like, down a hallway and, and lights the thing up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, the, the scene from it's Prometheus. Pretty good effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just very impolite, these aliens. Riker attempts to speak yeah, to annoying. them, but of course we know that ain't gonna fly, and they get pissed at him. Uh, and uh, then Doctor Crusher tries to get into the holodeck to join in with the thing, and then we get the first signs of maybe that the probe kind of fuck things up a little bit because the door is like going open, closed, open, closed, open, closed, and she can't quite go through it. And I don't know who directed this episode, but I feel like they might have kind of directed Dr. Crusher to act kind of a bit like a bimbo a little bit, mm-hmm. which I didn't I, really get. You mean like even outside of the uh, holodeck? Well, starting in this scene, she's just kind of like, oh, oh, oh confused by, you know, the, the opening and closing door. Yeah, I noticed that too. Maybe it's just yeah. the fact that she's in the costume. Yeah. I did find so it a bit jarring talking. though. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Brent Spiner gets to do some classic Brent Spiner hamming as well because Data looks up at, like all the 40 slang and, you know, goes like, Hey, see, Doc? Hey, I'm going to have a gander, see? <laughs> Talks like a wise guy. Uh, so Picard's been arrested for the murder and he's getting interrogated and he's very amused by the whole thing. Um, and we see a kind of technique that they use a few times in this episode where they do like a humorous cut, which I feel like probably they were using, like maybe that was the intention all along, but I feel like maybe it was intended to kind of like reduce the running time of the episode. They just cut the scenes down a little bit by like cutting at an amusing moment like when he says oh this is all very amusing i've i've read this before you see and the the guy that's interrogating him just gives him this look 
Like, what the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Am I making things up? No. Sounds legit. No. It's true. It's all true. Checks out. All checks out. That's nice. Um, so at this point, uh, Riker figures out that something's wrong because he can't get Picard and the gang out of the holodeck. And so he goes to investigate and Wesley wants to come along. And Well, mm-hmm. no, the holodeck is no well, place for boys. <laughs> but but gets the boy's along. mother is involved. Yeah. She's trapped in there too. <laughs> so, you know, you can you can come and help if you want, Wesley. And then he just gets the worst, like, shit-eating smile. He's like, and then just, like, trots off, like, struts away. Uh, I love him. He's so great. He's great. I love Wesley. He's a good kid. He means well. Mm-hmm. He's like he's a, a good boy. He's like the Mozart of um, warp field equations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so Picard is getting like real stock, good cop, bad cop interrogation. And in the meantime, a man in the lobby of the police station is sexually harassing Dr. Crusher. Mm-hmm. And she swallows some chewing gum. <laughs> that he gets that is her. my favorite scene of the episode. Yeah, it's funny. But how? I thought it was really good. Because I actually, the... I don't know why, but I wasn't expecting it. It's because these... the chewing gum... A hologram? Yeah, yeah. You know. So one wonders how it like tastes, but I think the hologram oh, the does do some stuff with real matter because they can manipulate like real matter. Yeah. By the way, there's a uh, interesting fact about this episode, unrelated to the point we're at in the story. Uh-huh. Um, this is the only episode where Tasha Yar is briefly being shown to be in command of the bridge. Yeah, Riker leaves her in charge of the bridge before he goes down. But he doesn't say, mm-hmm. um, you have the bridge, like they normally say. I think he says, like, you're in charge or something. <laughs> you you look after <laughs> things here while I'm gone. Just take care of it. Be mom. <laughs> bridge mom. Be the bridge mom. Be the bridge mom for a while. She has to have her phone because it won't last much longer. Um, she, she she dies soon, right? Yeah, Aww. it's like next season. Or, yeah. She's killed by that um, goo monster. Yeah, that's a sad way to die. It was very sad. It was sad. That ish. It, yeah, well, it wasn't really quite sad enough, was it? <laughs> I mean, the show's better without her, so... Was it really? I mean... I thought she was fine. Because she was gone, but I oh, think it did the get show better got that. better as it progressed. I mean, so... she's, she's in some very good episodes after that, though, playing that other character. So she probably doesn't wreck it herself. I guess. So after Doctor Crusher, sort of, she was in oh, yeah. Worf's way. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like he's kind of meant to be the security guy, but she's yeah. the security guy. Mm-hmm. So Doctor Crusher swallows her gum. We get another like humorous cut of like the guy who's sexually harassing her looking at her and just like what? 
you know, these future people, they don't know how stuff like chewing gum and cigarettes works. Uh, and then Wesley and Geordie come down and they try to like unlock the holodeck with this like absurd contraption that you have to like look into that just makes no sense. And they purposefully don't have to explain it because, um, when, uh, Riker, um, like asks them like what the deal is, like, uh, Geordie says oh Wesley can explain and Wesley starts to explain oh I reversed the polarity of the flux blah 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 and Riker just cuts him off and goes forget the explanation can you can you fix it can you get them out but that's skipping yeah. a little bit that's um that's how scientists and like people in the future are gonna think like, just, well, like, it, it shows strong facts. leadership you know a <laughs> like, willingness to ignore well, experts yeah. they're kind of heading in that direction and then Wesley and Geordie try to unlock the thing with the contraption that doesn't make sense. Uh, where you, like, look through these, like, binoculars or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what he's seeing because, like, what, it's just, like, circuits in there or, like, you know. <laughs> it's like a tiny, it's, sort of it's like, like microfilms or something. Maybe it's, like, when they are able to, like, read the Matrix in the movie The Matrix. Yeah. I just see, see like blonde, brunette, redhead. <laughs> yeah, uh, good. Um, we we were talking about the Matrix uh, earlier today because it's it's funny, isn't it? You know, like how um, they say like the red pill, and like if you take the red pill, then you become like a very angry uh, right wing man on the internet. Yes. It's weird that that would be the case when the red pill comes from a movie directed by two transgender women. Yeah. I think that they would have thought of a different movie to get the analogy from. Yeah. And that, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of like they missed the point. Yep. Yeah. Perhaps a little bit. Maybe, maybe it's kind of like niche. everyone who's in that category is kind of like maybe a little bit dumb or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. It's a possibility. Like it doesn't have to be consistent because they're just they're not very smart. Hmm. Go figure. You think any red pill people are listening to this podcast? Hey, maybe. You know, all, all if you types are listening. watch Star Trek. If you are if you are listening, <laughs> fuck you. Yes, yeah, seriously, like kids alive. Just <laughs> Just burn that bridge. We're not gonna, we're not gonna plumb that that avenue of of audience ship. I just don't I think, think we uh, need it. I think we've not. already got so many good listeners that we don't need any terrible listeners. That's right. And but and to doesn't... you, the listener, I would just like to say that I appreciate your um, views on controversial political matters, and uh, I agree with your views. Very diplomatic. Thanks. Um, so, in the so meantime... Wesley's peering through the holodeck periscope. Yeah, but that's as far as that goes. Like, no no explanation given. Um, Picard tries to smoke a cigarette, and he, he coughs. No, is the cigarette a hologram? Very funny. Well, it must be. But so then again, it, like... Like, smoke particles, those holograms? Yeah, presumably. 
But then it's real coughing, so. Guys, I hate the holodeck. You hate it? It doesn't, it just doesn't make any, the technology. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Not even a little bit. It not distresses me. Distress. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah, well, like they have replicators, right? That deal with real matter. Yeah. So I think the deal is that uh, a lot of the holodeck is like you know light and whatever, but then they can also like manipulate matter in the same way that the replicators kind of do. So when you need to have something that's made of matter, you can. Which means okay. that well, Picard I- would be good. giving himself real lung cancer. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Which they could cure anyway. So, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't it be funny actually if they like since I mean at some point medicine will advance enough so that it'd be like trivial to cure lung cancer and at that point would people just start smoking again? Hey, why not? No, yeah. I feel like they they probably just kind of be like a little bit beyond it. Like, you know. <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if like everybody's like lighting up and in, in the. In like, uh, in like board meetings, and like a, you call those meetings on the bridge, like at like smoking on the bridge, bridge. crew meetings. Because yeah. like it's no big deal if you can just like cure cancer with like a with like like a tricorder. Why not go for it? Why not? So another thing that they don't have in the future is sexism, which explains mm-hmm. uh, why. Um, when uh, Picard goes to leave the interrogation room, the good cop from the good cop, bad cop routine says to him, oh, like, you, uh, you got to go? Like, what's her name? Is she blonde or brunette? And he's like, oh, she's a lady, all right. Her name is Enterprise. <laughs> I liked that. Sounds like a working girl to me. Yeah. Says the cop. I don't... What did the guy that he was talking to think he meant by that? Just that she's very hardworking. It it seems like. I mean, it would have been a boat. That's what I would have thought. Yeah, maybe. Wouldn't you think that that he was referring to himself? That he his love was work. Oh, enterprise. he has a love of enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Yes. <laughs> but then immediately after that, uh this bit something uh kind of odd i thought happens where picard walks out to meet dr crusher and the angle of the camera that we get is like this very intimate close-up shot of just their faces just facing each other and it seems so deliberate that i thought this must be like a uh, an homage to like a shot in casablanca or something like you know it's like one of those movies one of those noir movies I don't mm-hmm. know, um, Byron. Do you maybe know what shot mm. it might? No, no. no. <laughs> but that is that a plausible I, theory? I think I'm. I think they actually have it on um, Memory Alpha. The very shot you're talking about. Oh, do they? They're like, In, like they're like screen cap. looking at each other. Yeah, and they say like, "You wear it well." Mm. No, no but I don't know. In the future. I don't know what that could be from. That's Picard referring to um, Doctor Crush's appearance. Because she's a she's a a looker. Uh, yeah. She's a, she's a real tomato. Yeah. 
<laughs> Remember when those Klingon uh, ladies from Star Trek Generations said, ugh, human females are so disgusting in reference to Dr. Crusher? No. It's funny. <laughs> it's a funny scene. We'll get to that when we do Star Trek Generations like three years from now. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Um, so uh, then that weird sequence is over and they go back to Dix's office and they get interrupted by the ethnic stereotype Mr. Leech. Although I'm not quite sure what ethnicity he's meant to be stereotyped. Yeah. He, he reminds me of, you know, in Ghostbusters 2, there's that, um, uh, it's like a gallery archivist or uh-huh. something, and he's really... Well, as we have discussed on previous Biropod episodes, I've never seen a Ghostbusters film. What the fuck, Still James? Yeah, yeah, classic films. Gotta I should see... come over... At least see Ghostbusters 2. At least. This it's must be rectified. When are we going to watch Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2? Right now. Tomorrow. Okay, guys. Tomorrow, yeah. So I think isn't this uh, character based on Peter Peter Lorre? That would make a lot of sense, yeah. And he is Austro-Hungarian. All oh, right, so yeah, just kind of like a suspicious European accent guy. Yeah. And there was also an episode of um, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Which, yeah, I'm sure this is referencing Star Wars, The Clone Wars. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying, just completely as an aside, Uh there's this episode where um, somebody was suspected of murder Uh and it was being investigated by this, like, policeman on Coruscant. Mm -hmm. And he was very clearly modeled after Peter Lorre. Well, they never got Peter Lorre in Star Wars, did they? So No. But that's what you can do with the These power days. of technology. Yeah, with Bring people Peter back generated back, back from and just with the dead. raise Peter Cushing from the dead. Mm-hmm. And it's Peter like Cushing, only left. Peter's though. Peter Cushing, Peter Laurie, Peter Paul and Mary. Hmm. That's that's one guy, right? Peter's... I actually, I actually like the the reanimated corpse of Peter Cushing. I thought that added to the film. But anyway. yeah, like. It's good to, good to I've heard that. actually just today um, they have already announced they have no intention of bringing Carrie Fisher back for episode 9 as a computer animator. Yeah. It would, well, that would probably be a little tasteless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they did it for Philip Seymour Hoffman, didn't they? In The Hunger Games. Did they? But, I'm pretty sure. but not like but like, only I, for like I haven't seen seat, a single but... second of a Hunger Games film but I understand that after he died they finished his scenes with a CG double maybe you'd have to notice oh I'm sure you would that would be totally jarring I don't know but I, I guess it's like sort of like uh, there's Somebody has to be dead for like 20 years before it becomes okay. Is that how it yeah. works? Yeah. No. No. And I'll tell you why in reference to this here episode of Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. So Mr. Leach has interrupted them. He's this like creepy, no good type. 
and he pulls a gun on the gang and says, Mr. Dixon, you are not allowed to leave. And then he promptly, uh, to prove that he means business, um, shoots Mr. Whalen. And, you know, up until now, the characters have thought, oh, this is silly. Let's, okay, let's play along. We'll just play along a little bit. You know, like we've got a little bit of time before we have to do the serious diplomacy thing with the aliens. And Mr. Whalen is like, I, I tell you, you you put that gun down and he's he's just getting into the spirit of it. And then he gets shot with a real bullet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> collapses, right? Yep. And this is strongly reminiscent of what happened to uh, Brandon Lee on the set yeah. of The Crow. Oh, uh, yeah. And of course, they replaced him instantly in that movie with a CG double. But he, here's the difference, though. What? We're talking about either finishing something that somebody already started with. Uh, well, I think in this case, it wasn't. They didn't have good enough CG to replace Brandon Lee in 1994. I don't think. No, I I haven't seen The Crow, so I don't know how they ended up doing it. I actually don't think, I, I think that Alex just, Proyas is a very good director, but maybe that's a story for another day. I think that um, if they, I don't, I, I guess I don't know enough to talk but i think there's a difference between finishing some finishing the, uh, like something that's already 90 percent done mm. when somebody dies during production versus completely making a, a whole new movie with a fake version of them yeah i think that's the distinction because they did do like a um a pink panther movie yeah after, that's right <laughs> after, using stock uh, footage yeah, and what's his name? Uh, Inspector Clouseau, or Peter Inspector Sellers. Clouseau, uh, Peter That's Sellers. another Peter you can resurrect. Yeah, another, <laughs> another resurrect Peter. Now they can do that because it's been like more than twenty years. They could actually bring back Peter Sellers. Okay, would you, would you watch a, a Pink Panther movie with a resurrected Peter Sellers? I think they probably feel that the the up the Steve Martin movies already disrespected the legacy of the Pink Panther films <laughs> enough. Yeah. But anyway, I think I think there's a distinction to be made. Like like Philip Seymour Hoffman, fine. Paul Walker, yeah. fine. Uh, Carrie Fisher in a whole new movie as her old self, not not okay. Yeah. Quick shot of her as a young lady, fine. Yeah, but you can't talk about that. I mean, Bucky hasn't seen it yet, if, so you can't talk it. That's okay. I don't mind. Well, I'm just saying hypothetically. Right, of course. <laughs> um, uh, so w- are we done talking about resurrected people now? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so th- this is the kind of... Um, the the big silly point of the episode, I think. Like, a real man gets real shot in the holodeck and no one really seems to care. Nothing happens to the holodeck. There's no, like, repercussions... And furthermore, it's happening while there's this diplomatic crisis happening and they shouldn't have been in the holodeck in the first place. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, you should have been, like... They're just goofing off while he's yeah. supposed to be doing his homework. Exactly. <laughs> and in this case, the homework is, you know, restoring relations with a with a possibly violent, you know, notoriously touchy alien race. Yeah. Um, basically, it's... I would consider what has happened to be 
what you would call a catastrophic failure yeah. of the holodeck. It's, and it's not really yeah. treated as such. It's like, eh, something went wrong. It's an amusing mistake. You know, these <laughs> things happen. These things, sometimes well, things and it's like wrong. For no reason. It got probed. They get probed like every episode. <laughs> yeah. The Enterprise is meant to time. have safeguards against this sort of junk. But, you know, it, it, it doesn't work out for them. Um, and because of the probe, they the computer doesn't listen to them. They can't find the door to get out. And, you know, in the meantime, there's this guy dying on the floor. And then, oh, we, we get a fun little gag with Data moving like a like a light because he moves it and it unplugs and he goes, well, where did the light go? And he shakes it and then Picard goes and plugs it back in. And he, Oh, that's that's very funny. A little bit of physical <laughs> comedy. Um, mm-hmm. But then we meet the, the villain of the Dixon Hill piece, Mr. Cyrus Redblock. Now, tell me if I'm making stuff up here but i feel like the performer of mr cyrus redblock just like completely lacks charisma yeah that's true yeah not much of a presence he also played um alton bennis elaine bennis's father Uh one episode of seinfeld was he better on seinfeld and um no he's exactly the same oh that's interesting Apparently he was, <laughs> he was like no, he, nobody liked working with him. Huh. Um, oh, and that's why they never had him back. That's really sad. Um, so it's like it's not really clear like who he is, but he's just like a like pulp bad guy. Um, he tries to throw Mister Whalen in the trash, but uh, mm-hmm. they're not having any of that because that that would be quite rude. Uh, a lot of the people like punch each other in this pulp story, and it's very like pulp detective-y punching with like yeah, punches and like lots of like stunt acting. Pulp punch. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of like shut up, Mister Data, as well, which is one of my least favorite tropes from Next Gen, mm-hmm. where Mister Data tries to share some knowledge with the crew, and they they're just not interested, and they tell him to be quiet. Mm-hmm. To not have his youthful exuberance and enthusiasm for knowledge and learning. It's a post-fact world. They hate data for that. <laughs> um. So, uh, and uh, like we were mentioning earlier, things that they forgot to write in this episode, or just didn't write. Uh, oh my god! So much. So. Mr. Cyrus Redblock is looking for an item, but they forgot to write what the item is. The MacGuffin just, it's just the item. So. Well, it's supposed to be the, like, a reference to the Maltese. The Maltese Falcon, Falcon, right? Obviously, yeah. But. So does that count as them forgetting to, to write it, or is it just a wink? I mean, like, how difficult is it to come up with, you know, the adjective noun? You know, well, the, the Lebanese serpent, the <laughs> emerald sapphire. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? I mean, they probably anything. They probably did that, and then was like, "That sounds silly." Maybe. <laughs> and then just well, I thought. It, By well, the way, it would just be better for just the item. Did you know that um, the actor that played Cyrus, Cyrus Redblock is in another episode of 
Star Trek? I did not know this, Byron. Please tell me more. He was he, he played the Regent of Palomar on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Ah, of course, oh. I remember him well. As usual. He looks like a Regent of Palomar. Yeah, there's a uh, shot of him on Memory Alpha. Is he got like a weird forehead? Yeah, a little bit. It's like a jewel in it. Nice. Like like what the Cardassians would have had if they hadn't like had the jewels taken out of their spoons. They had jewels in their spoons? Well, it's just like, you know, there's a space for a jewel there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know uh, they had jewels. Uh, they don't. It was. I just. I just. I just made it up. I just. Oh. So Riker wow. um, is trying to talk to the Haradan again, and I don't know why he keeps doing this because clearly it's not going to work. And he just gets like piercing static <clears throat> in response. These are like very rude dudes. Yeah. Why do they even want to be friends with these stupid? Ape? They're strategically they important for some reason. They're so strategically <laughs> important that we never hear about them again. You know, space is very big. Yeah. Just go around. Just avoid them. their stupid space. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they've got a wormhole or something. Who knows? And this Maybe. is the part um, where he says, "Forget the explanation. Can you can you do the thing?" And um, uh, Wesley goes, "Well, yeah, I can I can do it, but you know, everyone on the holodeck might vanish." And Riker says, "Do it." <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, that's that's leadership. <laughs> that, these are the decisions that you have to make when you're a leader. Uh, so he does do it, and uh, it activates, like, an inexplicable snowstorm inside the holodeck, which was a cool effect. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they, like, blocked everyone standing in the right places. That would have been really hard. By the way. Yeah? Aside about um, Lawrence Tierney in Seinfeld, mm-hmm. apparently the reason... They never had him back is because everybody was scared of him and he stole a knife from the set. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> why did they have knives on the set? Well, they were in a restaurant. So I think it must have oh. been like a... So he just stole a knife from a restaurant wasn't the Chinese set. restaurant episode, was it? No. Different one. No, it was, uh, it, was, it was a different episode. Have you seen the Seinfeld Doom mod? No. Oh, that's great. That's, I think I will have to, to look Google. at that. I've seen a... Uh, I think I've seen a home improvement mod. Wait, do they kill Tim Allen? No. No. Um, I'll show I you. I think everything's just replaced with Tim Allen. Oh, with him grunting. The, stuff. the, the sound oh. is him grunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the classic home improvement meme. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, Wesley does fix it and the door is opened, but then it seems like fake. It seems like they're doing the trope where, oh, we got out of the simulation, but we're still in the simulation because when the door opens, Geordie and Wesley aren't there. It's just an empty corridor. Mm-hmm. So that, that doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Yeah, the, it appears to be multiple entrances to this holodeck. I guess. 
Were they, they do mention that there's more than one door. Oh, yeah. So they weren't... Were they, like... Were Geordie and Wesley at a holodeck entrance? We know that for sure. They weren't just, I'm like, not a sure. corridor. I think they were. Well, it's very confusing, and they should have been there because that just makes sense. Do you know what confuses me? What? Um, well, how did the holograms exist outside of the holodeck even for just a minute well because there's projectors so the projectors could have project them out yeah but how come if that's the case how come then they just kind of dissolve from the bottom up wouldn't they just sort of go well for dramatic reasons so that you can see lines magnificent performance it pisses me off maybe they get periodically refreshed (laughs) and they were like like they they're generated and they're static and then they have to be regenerated after some amount of time. I feel like they Stop were just Stop trying like, to explain that. It just doesn't work. Well, like it on can't... each... You've seen the holodeck when it's turned off. It's like every wall yeah. has projectors on it. So, like, when they go out, they would have the wall behind them still projecting them, but not the walls on either side. So mm-hmm. they would, like, lose the stability of their images and disintegrate. And so then it, it sort would, of makes it sense. would disintegrate from the bottom up. And they'd go, oh, no, we're disintegrating. Yeah. And th- this is my favorite line in the episode where uh, Cyrus Redblock goes, they can't do this to me. Don't they know who I am? I'm Cyrus Redblock. <laughs> Cyrus Redblock. And then he disappears. By the way, another interesting fact about um, Cyrus Redblock um, actor, Lawrence Tierney. Mm-hmm. Um First of all, he was a. Uh... Is he still alive? No, he died in uh, 2002. Because I'm a little scared that he might come after me. Yeah. He he was he was 82. He he lived oh, a long time. Wow. But um, he was a troublemaker. Um, he was arrested frequently for drunken disorderly. He served a 90 day jail sentence. Um. In 1951 breaking a New York college student's jaw. Oh, shit. Um, he was uh, arrested for fighting two policemen outside oh of a Manhattan God. bar. Um, he was arrested six times in California and five, five in New York on similar charges. He was stabbed in a bar fight in Manhattan in 1973. Um, also, he was questioned by... New York City police in connection with the apparent suicide of a 24-year-old woman who had jumped from the window of her high-rise apartment. Is this Tierney told police, Yes. He told wow. police, I just gotten there, and she went out the window. Holy moly. Holy crap. He was never formally arrested or charged with the young woman's death. That's That sounds like a good Wikipedia article, if nothing else. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. That's a... What a life. What a life he so, lived. He wasn't actually acting, really. He was just being himself. Yeah, he was Cyrus Redblock. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, right after this, I think we have the second silliest moment. Um, you know, Data carts Mr. Whalen off to sickbay, you know, where he can, like, die quietly off screen. <laughs> and We never um, hear about it again. Picard has the eponymous titular big goodbye with uh, Detective McNary, who was the good cop that um, mm-hmm. Dixon Hill is, is friends with. A fictional character, mind you, who 
has no feelings and is a computer program and is furthermore uh, just a distraction at this point from Picard's very pressing real duties of talking to the insect aliens. Uh, but he's, he still has a little heartfelt chat with him about uh, whether or not he's real. And then, mm-hmm. you know, buggers off. I think that Picard doesn't actually care about these aliens that much. I think that's the uh, implication. I, I think you could take that away because uh, he clearly doesn't show it in his words and deeds. Yeah. Perhaps in his words a little bit. Um, well, I, he gets I, it done. He does do it. He's, he's, he's competent. You can, you, well, I mean, he gets it done in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that he says, when, when the, when McNary says like, oh, so my, my wife and kids, are they still going to be there when I go? When oh I go? my God. And I... Picard goes, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I really no like that bit. <laughs> yeah. They you know, it's, it's it's electrons, and no, you are not going to exist when I turn you off. You don't you don't have consciousness. You barely pass the Turing test. <laughs> <laughs> he has a wife and kids, though. I I feel like that we never might see. be a pass. Yes, but They're he he believes in them. They're just yeah, sad, sad. So Picard goes oh, and he does the the very exceedingly silly sounding greeting for the aliens. Oh my god, that and was And everyone so looks happily ever after. It's like, Blasvigar and Okay, Pat, just improvise some bullshit for this bit, okay? Just say some sounds. It'll be fine. So, Mr. Whalen, like, totally died, right? No. He's never mentioned again. They need the fiction professional. He, like, bled out on the holodeck. His bloodstains are probably, like, still staining it. I don't know. I think he's fine. I don't think he would have died because I don't really know how the voyage would be able to continue (laughs) without him. They need a 20th century expert just miss him so much i miss Waylon. who else would tell us about like famous 20th century works of literature like catcher in the rye or like uh to kill a One mockingbird like, to kill a mockingbird to kill a mockingbird it's cool to kill a my favorite cocktail <laughs> Like, I'll have one to kill a mockingbird, please. This can't be the first time anybody has said to kill a mockingbird. Oh, come on. Like, I said that when I was in middle school reading that book. Oh. It's still hilarious to me. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard it before. Really? Mm -hmm. Did you do to kill a mockingbird in school? Yeah. I guess that's the only way anyone reads it anymore. Really? Did you read um, To Kill a Mockingbird 2? Oh, the new one? Yeah. I no. didn't read it. I haven't even read the first To Kill a Mockingbird. 
it's very um oh it's it's just pretty good um it's very like um fitting or like serendipitous that uh the two to kill a mockingbird manuscripts you know the first one that was released in the 40s or whenever and then or no the 60s and the new one ghost at a watchman which was the original draft it's fitting that they like so perfectly fit with um the like civil rights narrative of the time where mm-hmm. you know in in the original it's like oh yeah a man's just a man and a man you know you have to respect each other the matter the color of the skin or whatever and then the, this new one is like so like bitter and like questioning whether even like an honorable character like Atticus is even, you know, like who you thought it's, I just, I just found that fitting and like coincidental. Well, I think that I don't know what you're talking about. So (laughs) I think I may only slightly know what you're talking about, in which case I nod my head solemnly. Well, just like how, um, Back in the day, uh, you would have got away with it if you said, oh, I'm colorblind, I don't see color. Like, mm-hmm. people would think, oh, yes, that's a good way to be. Whereas now, um, people and, like, civil rights activists in particular would look at you and go, you stupid idiot, you clearly don't understand <laughs> anything about the real world. Right. But since I didn't read the uh, the, the new book, I still lost. Oh, it's because um, Atticus is a racist in the new one. Oh, I see. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, very, very disillusioning. Hmm. Wreck your childhood. Much as how the uh, the titular mockingbird uh, in the original To Kill a Mockingbird has its childhood wrecked. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the end of the episode, basically. Yes. Um. Uh, Picard says to to number one it was a nice place to visit but I wouldn't want to die there <laughs> like Mr. Wan did mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I, many I too would not want to die on the holiday so many died just an, just an awful awful method of recreation yeah it's dumb it's completely controlled by humans and yet they still manage to make it this like as dangerous as snowboarding. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. I think if I was go- I mean I think if we were in the real world and we had a holodeck it would only really be used for boning so it'd be pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Well, you can injure yourself doing that as well. That's true. That's true. You got to take care. Yep. So Good times. Good times yeah. had by all. And I hope that uh, uh, both of my co-panelists and you listening at home will also take care in your life. On the holodeck, you mean? Uh, on the holodeck and off. A Merry Christmas to one and all. And Happy New God Year. Bless. God bless us, everyone. God bless America. All right. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.